For everything you want to know about real estate, it's time to take action. Schedule today. Ron and Don sit down.com is the way. Here's my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron, and my dad, Don. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 165 of the Ron and Don Show. He's Ron, I'm Don. We've been doing this 25 years. It's 25 years now. Yeah, You've heard right. every story I have. The, how many spins have there been of the Ron and Don podcast? Oh, we're, we're approaching, God, you just took me off guard, but I think we're approaching 700,000 here soon, which is a remarkable number. Thank you, everyone that has listened. And yet, still, not a week goes by where someone doesn't go, oh, man, you guys aren't doing the show anymore. It's like, yeah, we are. What do you mean? Says podcast player your choice. Really? So if if you know someone that was in the Ron and Don Nation, listen in their car, uh, please tell them. Share it on your socials. Say the, the guys are doing the show. Uh, there's 164 odd uh, episodes you can listen to, and so give them the link and help us spread the word. Yeah, don't just tell them. Go out, find that link, and send it to them and share it. You know how to do that. So that helps us out a lot. Helps us do the show for free, and also our thanks to Les Schwab that we are live from the Les Schwab studio. So thanks for tuning in, you guys. Hey, coming up, we're recording this show a few days early uh, because uh, Ron has some uh, traveling plans here over the weekend. And as we're recording this, the president moments ago uh, just landed at Walter Reed Medical Center as a result of having COVID-19. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Before we get to that, though, and I've written something about it because I see a lot of people dancing on his grave today. Uh, and he's not dead, people. So uh, take your dancing shoes off. You're not Fred Astaire. And just calm down for a moment. We'll get to that. Before we get to that, let's get to this. Because I had a situation yesterday. I'll be very careful. And I'm going to kind of talk around our, our clients here. Uh, but I want to share something with you that I think a lot of parents are going through right now. And a lot of you know, if you listen to the Ron Don Show, I'm a single parent. And I was never married. I had a child, though. And my little boy is 10 years old. And so, anyway, he is in school. And we're doing some remote learning. And yesterday, I had to go. We're in the real estate business. And I had to go do some real estate business stuff. So, I call my buddy, Ron of the Ron and Don, because that's what I call him. No, his name's actually Steve. So, I call him. I'm like, Steve... Can you come over to the house for just a couple minutes because I got to run. We got an issue at a property. I got to go see if I can fix this. And you were kind enough to say yes yesterday. And I think a lot of parents are going through this because right now a lot of tutors won't come over. Teachers won't come over. They're, they're scared of the COVID crisis. They won't actually come over your house. So everything is remote learning. So a lot of times what you're doing is you're calling up family and friends when you have to work to see if they can cover for you. There's a stat out today. This is astonishing. This is astonishing. They say when you look at the people that are leaving the workforce right now and abandoning the workforce to take care of their children... Uh, three out of four people right now are women. They are walking away from their jobs in order to go home and try to figure out how I'm going to take care of you and guide you, but at the same time, how I'm going to teach you. Because if you're at home right now doing remote learning, 
this isn't about sitting down and giving some guidance like you do with homework every once in a while. And then you ask Siri because you don't know what the hell a compound fraction is. And she explained it to you and you're like, ah, and then that old brain of yours remembers what a compound fraction is. It's different, isn't it? And you got to experience this yesterday. And there are so many. So many technical glitches. I feel bad for the teachers and the students because nobody can stay online at the same time. And that's what we experienced yesterday with my fifth grader. What, do you, what did you experience with remote learning for just one day? I experienced not getting paid to babysit. So uh, <laughs> I will be sending you an invoice with interest is going to be compounding daily. Um, so th- I feel for you and for uh, every parent that is going through this. And I, to pat myself on the back here for a little bit. <laughs> You know this to be true. <laughs> Younger version of me would not have cared. Oh, it's funny, man. Uh, about because I would have said, "Hey, man, you had a you have a kid. Like that's your business, not my business. I don't have a kid." And would would have been very little sympathy for you because yeah. uh, you know the old old me would have chosen I don't, that I don't, path. I, I don't ask for sympathy, though. I really no, no, it's not really sympathy, don't. empathy. I do not ask for sympathy. It's not sympathy, empathy. Okay. Uh, so, but Numi, I'm very empathetic now and, and try to be extremely flexible with timing and schedules and all that because it is remarkable what you are being asked to do and what your son's being asked to do. So for... 15, 20 years of our radio career, we've been preaching the gospel of these news stories that come out. Limit the screen time for your kids. Limit the screen time for your your kids. Every brain study, every pediatrician, every time that experts look at this, they say, limit the screen time for your kid. Get them out in nature. Let them play with sticks. Let them throw a rock against the curb. Let them uh, paint. Let them build Legos. Let them do anything that's not involved with a screen. And now the very educational system that has told us that for decades is saying, plop your kid in front of a a school district-issued computer, which BT dubs as a piece of crap. It doesn't work. BT dubs. And and park them there at 8.30 in the morning. And then they're going to ride that computer screen all the way through till two, three o'clock in the afternoon and then do homework on a screen. Last night we were on till 631. Tonight we were on till 530 and I called it quits and we still had stuff to do. So, So, I mean, this is um, a model that's not sustainable. It's not good for children. It's not good for the parents. It's not good for the economy. Like, Like, this is really a heavy load that you guys have to carry. And today... Uh, I told your son that I was like, "Hey, I was am really impressed with how you weathered the the all the obstacles you had yesterday and all the detours that popped up where your mic didn't work, you couldn't hear the teacher. Uh, it, it was it's not easy, and I, I don't know how the school system expects for parents to be able to do this. And if you missed a day because you had to work." to pay for the rent or the food for your child to live. Now that little dashboard is going to be 15, 16 items long that you're going to have to make up. And so is the kid going to spend all weekend? Like yeah. these, these kids are 10 years old. They're nine years old. They're yeah. 11 years old. We were given an activity by, uh, cause I, cause I'm like, Hey, is there anything physical uh, that you'd like the kids to do? We were given an activity yesterday and we're supposed to check this activity off, uh, by the PE teacher. We're, we're supposed to call our friends, meet at a park, and play freeze tag is, is one of the things we're supposed to do. We're also supposed to make instruments out of solo cups. And then we, with the solo cups, we're supposed to write a song. 
Uh, and the song is supposed to be iambic pentameter, and then it also has to be a Charlie Brown song and all. There's, there's, there's 14 other silly assignments like that. Homie don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time for this. I do not have time because we're sitting there. And yesterday, the teacher's trying to explain metonymy, onomatopoeia, alliteration, and something that you would usually learn in a classroom. And while we've been studying that this week, he cannot stay on the screen. And the teacher just sits there most of the time and tries to keep a third to two-thirds of the class on the screen because I reach out to him. It's very rare that he can keep the whole class on. So here's what happens. He's explaining alliteration, and then the teacher disappears. And my son is sitting there in his computer trying to log back on to this Microsoft junk, and it's amazing that we live in the land of computers, and you saw the computer that these kids have to use yesterday. So he's trying to get on this platform. The thing keeps crashing. We have to keep making new passwords to try to get back on by the time we get back on the lesson's over but the expectation is he's going to write a page and an outline a whole page and he's going to use alliteration and on this page he's going to use metonymy uh he's going to use there were two three four other things that he was going to have to use and so we're sitting he doesn't even know what they are because he missed the lesson by no fault of his own. By no fault of his own. Right. So now I. It's one thing if if a child is is not paying attention and is goofing off. Yeah. And has voluntarily checked out of a classroom, which they should do that too in fifth grade. You should you, sometimes in, in fifth grade you should be able to to voluntarily check out. Right. Your your, right. your son wasn't doing that. He no, was so, trying so, his so, very so best. So so anyway, I I had this whole day yesterday, and I'm not going to go into kind of what that was, but there was there was other there's just a, there was a lot going on. So by the time I got home I was on a pretty uh I I was done I was cooked I was baked you left and then I looked at his activities there were 14 more things that we had to do and so we sit down and I'm like okay let's let let's write this I reach out to the teacher and I said can I at least type for him because to think that he can sit down and just whip out five paragraphs. And then we have all this. We haven't even got the math yet or social studies or history or anything. So he said that that would be okay. So my son is sitting there saying things. I'm trying to write these things down. We're trying to follow an outline. And then the whole effing thing crashes again. And we, we lose it. It's gone. It's completely gone. The computer crashes. And so uh, yesterday with, with, with him... We're we're doing this. We're making instruments out of cans. We're writing a song, <laughs> and I just lost it. And he is sitting over there. And for the first time, really the first time, I really became my father at that moment because, it, in in kind of a funny way, because I was so damn angry. And my dad would let it out, and I was holding it in. And my son is over there, and he starts to giggle. And I do not like that he is beginning to giggle. And that used to infuriate my father. There was no laughing in our house and there was no whistling in our house. So my son is over there. He's beginning to laugh and giggle. And the good thing is, uh, even though I was really pissed off, really mad, lots of anger, anxiety, I went into my closet. I picked up my dumbbells and I was just whacking away at those. I told my son I need a break and then I came back in. And then I just looked at it and I said, you know what? We're done. We're done. I said, let's go get some pillows. 
and we are going to have the world's greatest pillow fight, which is different than my father. My father wouldn't have taken that lane. So even though I got angry, anxious, mad, I was pissed. And I wasn't pissed at my son. And I wasn't even pissed at the teachers. I have great empathy for what the teachers and system everybody's going through. It's just we're, we're in a situation where I think it would be better right now to just tell kids, teachers, every, just take a break. Everyone take a break. Just take a break. Nobody is learning anything anyway. And if you look at my son, he's sitting in the other room a little bit, and he's, he's gained some weight. And the reason he's gained some weight is because we don't have an opportunity to move during the day. He has a brand new bike that's in a box. Hasn't been able to ride this week because every single day, every single day, the day gets stretched out. All his breaks today, he was trying to get back online to talk to the teacher to catch up. That's what he was doing. He had a 19-minute lunch break. So between 8.30, and, and we just arrived to do this podcast. It's Friday night, and I still have to drive up to Everett to do some real estate up there uh, and, and over to the east side tonight. So he's just going to be in the car with me, and we're going to do that. We did that last night. We're out doing real estate stuff till 9.30, 10 o'clock. And then we get home, he goes to bed, and then boom, you're back up doing this. And to your point, I'd much rather ha- take him out to Discovery Park with our dog, go play Frisbee, and learn about the different plants and animals that are out there, or to learn about the World War II. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, World War II veterans went through Discovery Park, a million of them. So why not do those types of yeah, things? Yeah, like what are we really teaching kids? Oh, it's, it's like... We're teaching I, them to hate school, Ron. Right. We're teaching them to hate school. Anyway, thanks for coming by yesterday. I'm glad you got to feel that a little bit. And not every day is like that, but this week, this whole week, it has been like that. And I really, really feel for the parents out there that are trying to do this. And you're like me, you're trying to work different jobs and you're just trying to not only emotionally hold it together, but financially kind of hold it together too. And, and shout out to the the friends and the aunts and the grandparents and the cousins that have pitched in. Hang on. Or did you, you came over one time and you made yourself a grilled cheese sandwich and then you left. Are you giving yourself I'm giving myself a shout out? A shout out? Yes. So you started this segment. I'm patting myself I'm on the back. Give myself a, shout a pat out. on the back, and now at the end of it, you're giving yourself a shout out. And also all the other people, because I'm, I'm thinking of, yeah, I mean that a little tongue in cheek, but seriously, if you are a middle of the road wage earner, yeah, you can't afford to pay eight hours of babysitting a day. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, shout out to, to, the, to all the villages that have surrounded these parents, because this yeah. is not easy. Yeah. And the village people. Hey-o. Ma- macho man. Who, the, by the way, you told me there's only one village person left. Uh, original village the Original, person. yeah. Hey, uh, we come back. Uh, as we speak, uh, and we all know this now, the president has COVID-19. The first lady has COVID-19. Uh, Hope Hicks, one of their aides, has COVID-19. And at the debate the other night, it was really astonishing because we saw the whole first family there. A doctor came out, and you knew he's a doctor because he had a stethoscope on, and he had a white jacket, and it said doctor on his jacket. He asked them all to put masks on, and they wouldn't. Uh, as a result of that, um, we're going to find out who else has COVID-19. First lady is at the White House. The president was going to stay at the White House. They just put him in a helicopter, and they sent him to Walter Reed. 
And let's talk about that next and what our reaction is going to be and what this says about us. And then I wrote about uh, this today that I want to share with you too. All right? Don't go anywhere. It's episode 165. This is all brought to you by our good friends at Les Schwab. And don't forget, as we head into the fall months, it is fall driving season. Reach out to Les Schwab at leschwab.com, one of their 85 locations here. And uh, congratulations to our friend Rich, who is celebrating a big anniversary right now at Les Schwab. So congratulations to you. We'll see you in two minutes. Chuck Willery used to say on the dating, what dating show is that? We'll see you in two and two or on the other side of this. When it comes to your real estate journey, it truly is one of life's biggest transactions. Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, I'm Catherine Walker. I was on the board at the time of Plymouth Healing Communities, which is this small nonprofit here in Seattle that provides permanent supportive housing for adults with chronic mental illness who've experienced homelessness. Um, We were deciding to sell Agape House. I have a lot of confidence in Don, so I contacted him to ask him if he would be willing to help us. It very quickly got to terms and we signed and that was that. They did a great job and genuinely interested in helping us achieve our goals. I expected that we would hire a real estate agent and that agent would earn a commission, whatever the kind of standard is. And maybe we might be able to negotiate a little bit, but that we would pay a commission and that would be just part of the cost of selling the house. When I told Ron and Don about Plymouth Healing Communities and what we do and what we've been doing for 20 years here in the community, they were so, I guess, moved by the mission of the organization and the incredibly vulnerable population that we help, we serve, adults with chronic mental illness who've experienced homelessness. They offered to donate their commission to help our organization. So it was, um, it was incredible and so appreciated by our organization. And I would highly recommend them for any kind of, you know, real estate transaction. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to The Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys. Episode 165, we roll on. Don't forget, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. Uh, we just sold a property in Auburn. Uh, we are bringing on one over in Bellevue on Monday. Uh, we have a property we just brought on up in Everett. We have another property that we just went live a few days ago on Queen Anne. If you want to find out more about those properties, more about our real estate business, and more about how we could sell your property, do this. Just reach out to us, ronanddonsitdown.com. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. And uh, we typically do sit-downs Monday through Friday. We're up 7.30 in the morning. So let's virtually sit down. Then we can come out and visit your property and give you a better assessment of maybe what we think it's worth. We're better at it than you think we're going to be. Yeah, we are better <laughs> at it than you think you're going to be. Anyway, yeah. Buying and selling property, we've been doing that a long time. And now we bring that leverage. And really the leverage of the Ron and Don Show and the Ron and Don Nation, we bring that to our real estate business. There's not another realtor 
in Western Washington or the state of Washington that has the reach that we do on social media. Uh, so we're happy to use our social media reach in order to help sell your property too. So Ron and Don, sitdown.com. Let's talk about the president, your reaction, COVID-19. And, and I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to give you what you know your reaction should be, Ron, your, your kind of your enlightened reaction. Like once you calm down and then I want you to, before you do that, to give me your visceral reaction. Like your, your, how did you, inside your head, in my, inside your mind, inside your soul, what was your real reaction to my, it? My real reaction was I before wasn't... You pro, before you processed it. I, I wasn't surprised. I was like, interesting. Like, the, the, it like makes total sense. He's been doing all these risky behaviors and ignoring all the science. And it's sort of like, yeah makes total sense that uh, all these folks are getting COVID around there because they're going to these huge rallies. Nobody's wearing a mask. They're in confined spaces all the time, including Air Force One and all these meeting rooms. And so it made total sense. Um, I didn't, uh, my honest first reaction is I've sort of cauterized my politics off because it's just on the micro level, it's not... There's not a benefit for me to fully engage in this political cycle. I know what I believe. I know I'm going to vote. The minutia of the day-to-day doesn't help my mental health, and I don't want to give free rent in my brain uh, to this whole political process knowing that the outcome for me, individually, I've donated to campaigns and causes that i believe in i'm doing my part behind the scenes but like churning all this energy on the day-to-day minutia of this stuff and poll numbers and everything doesn't help me so my initial reaction was one of not surprise and then as i thought about it more i was like i here's my angle and i and i wonder if this might be a little unique to people i wonder if this will actually crack the facade at all for donald trump in this sense, he has built this this reality distortion field, to use the term of Walter Isaacson with Steve Jobs. He's built this reality distortion field that's now going into its eighth decade. You, for, for those that don't know that, why don't you take 30 seconds and explain it because it's so really extraordinary. Steve Jobs had this thing where he just believed that, and this comes from the Steve Jobs book, he just, by force of will, believed that he could kind of change reality. And, and it worked for him. So in other words, like the original Macintosh, they're like, there's no way we can meet this deadline. He just came in with brute force. He's like, we are meeting the deadline. It is going to be the greatest operating system ever invented. And, and if you don't believe that, get out. And I'm going to bring in someone that does believe it. And by sort of force of will and brute strength, they did it. Mm. And so he had this thing where he always felt like he could just change the course of reality. And then when he came to realize that that wasn't true all the time, it was too late. When he got his cancer diagnosis, he's like, I'm going on that. What was it? An all beet diet or there was an apple diet or something. That's where apple came from. Apple. He worked in an apple orchard. And so he did these very weird dietary things and lost all the weight. And we all remember what happened, but he didn't take the medical advice had he done the straight cancer treatment that involved drugs and chemotherapy and surgery, Steve Jobs would most likely still be alive today. Yeah, he, and had, so a very, he had a very survivable cancer. His, yeah. his reality distortion field finally caved in on him and it cost him his life. Mm. So with Donald Trump now, his reality distortion field has now crumbled. And so depending on how severe 
this is. I wonder if he will have the mental strength to change. You had a reality distortion field for a lot of years of your life, and it finally changed. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I don't know if it was in, in an instant or if it took a while for that to change, but you had a change. I wrote about it, and in fact, we're going to finish episode 165. With, okay, good. I haven't, I haven't read about that. that very, so I'm curious if... I think that this guy is still redeemable if this shocks to the system. I, I think it's about a 5% chance that it will do that. I think the buttressing uh, is so fortified over all these years that I don't think he will allow himself to ever flip that switch. But there is a chance. Not if he's a true narcissist. And people have to understand, we all have narcissism in us. But if you're if, if he's diagnosed as a true narcissist, uh, he's not going to change. You, you, so th- you those were my change. two things. So I'm, I'm curious what, what you thought. Because I have seen the people that are sort of celebratory and, and wishing that he's going to die and all of these things, which I think is un- unbecoming. Yeah. I, I think as a human being to another human being, even if you disagree with everything they believe in, I do, I don't, I'm not going to get in the camp to wish for someone to die. Remember what I talked about in episode 164 and 163? And let's go back to the debate for a moment. I said the way that Donald Trump cleared the field of 17 candidates almost four years ago uh, is he was able to drag them all down in the mud. Remember what he did to Marco Rubio? Marco Rubio tried to take the high road, and then they started making it fun of each other's hands, which is also making each other uh, making making fun of each other's skin tone, penises, all that stuff. So they got into that, and then you start. He started calling people sleepy, right? And so then Jeb Bush tried to do something that's not Jeb Bush and it's not authentic to him is he tried to get down in the mud and then he ended up with 2% of the vote and had to bow out after that. What I said that Donald Trump is going to try to do because this worked for him in the first election and it also worked for him in the first debate. In the first debate, in fact, when we go back to the very first debate with Hillary Clinton, he did the exact same thing to her and he drug her down into the mud. And the difference was she really held back and tried not to go and tried not to go there, tried not to go. You saw Joe Biden trying to do that the other night, trying not to go down in the mud. And then finally, he called him a clown. Finally, he told the president of the United States to shut up. When he did that, the president's like, aha, you know what? I got you. I got sleepy Joe Biden right where I wanted. Then we wake up the next day, we look at the numbers, and we're like, wow, Donald Trump didn't win this thing. His numbers in that debate that showed him losing were the exact same numbers that showed him losing and Hillary Clinton winning. Same thing here. By seven points, Donald Trump loses, Joe Biden wins. What it did, though, what it did is it really, really energized his base. And his base showed up. And they voted, and he didn't win the popular vote. But as a result of that, the votes that he needed in the Midwest and certain states on the coast, he got those and he won. This is what is interesting. He needs, he needs the argument right now to be about Roe versus Wade. He needs the argument right now to be about the Supreme Court, and it's not. And he needs to steer that argument. If he's at Walter Reed on a ventilator, He's that it'd be very, very difficult for him to spin it. And we're going to know whether he's on a ventilator or not, even if they won't tell us, because 
we're going to be able to tell if he's tweeting or not. If somebody is tweeting on his behalf, those tweets are just going to sound and look different. Even if he gives that phone to his son and says, hey, why don't you go ahead and tweet? Because his son on Twitter, it's very, very different. So then the concern becomes, what happens? And does Mike Pence then step in as the vice president of the United States? And as the, as the president, does he kind of lead us here the rest of the way? He has a very good chance of getting very sick here. He didn't stay in the White House, and that was the plan. So for him to go to the hospital, that's a big deal. That tells me that he's very sick. He put on a suit, and he walked to the helicopter, though. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They, they, when, when I heard him on Tuesday night, and I heard him on the radio, I went, he's sick. And then when I saw him, he looked like Richard Nixon and JFK all over again in the 1960s. And then... When you saw him put on, and it was interesting, he had a mask on and walked to the helicopter. I think, uh, I think he's in trouble. And the reason I think that, if they were doing this out of abundance of caution, then his wife wouldn't be sitting at the White House. She would be at Walter Reed out of abundance of caution too. So that right there doesn't make sense to me. I hope he doesn't die. I hope he doesn't get real sick. I hope he doesn't end up on a ventilator because he'll be on a ventilator for months. I want the people of America to decide. I don't want COVID to decide. COVID shouldn't decide who the next president of the United States is. The American people should by their vote. I think that that's very important. Finally, let me tell you why I'm so vocal now. Because I've sat, sat out when it comes to a lot of this politics. And the reason I'm vocal now is because of two black young men that I help mentor. And they are cops. And the bottom line is this. They need old white guys, middle-aged white guys like me to speak up for them. They've been speaking up for themselves for a long time. 13% of Americans are African-American. The African-American community has been speaking up for itself for a long time. What hasn't happened is white guys like me that have positions of influence. I have influence. I have influence. I'm going to use that influence. And if I can use that influence to have good discussions and maybe sway somebody in their vote, I'm going to do that. I came out this week and called the president a racist. He is a racist. The reason he's a racist, go on my Facebook page or listen to these podcasts. Because like you, Ron, I've really thought about this. I'm not name calling here. I'm not telling him to shut up. I'm not dancing on his grave. I'm not calling him a clown. But when you look at the evidence, if you're ever in therapy, you guys, this is what your therapist will say to you and what Priscilla says to me. No matter what we think, no matter what we say, no matter how we frame it, look at the evidence. When you look at the evidence, Donald Trump, the president of the United States, is a racist. It's up to me and in this election cycle, and not for Ron or anyone else, this is just me, to stand up. Because I have two black young men out there that look up to me, and I want to make sure when they look up to me, and I look up to them, that I'm doing my part, that I stand up for them, and that uh, I use this little platform that I have. We come back on the other side. I relate, and Ron just uh, alluded to this, I relate to, in a lot of ways, to what the president is going through right now, because he makes fun of a lot of people. He looks down on a lot of people. He was on that debate stage the other night looking down on Joe Biden, making fun of the fact that not only does he wear a mask, but sometimes he wears a really big mask. He's making fun of him. And then he pulled his mask out. Instead of putting it on, the president, he put it back in his pocket. And now here he is with COVID. There's some people out there that are dancing on his grave already, and he's not even dead. 
I don't dance on people's graves because people didn't dance on mine. And maybe they could have. And maybe they should have. And I'll tell you why next. It's episode 165, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Thanks for being a part of the Ron and Don Nation. Subscribe to The Nation News at ronanddonsitdown.com. A behind-the-scenes look at everything Ron and Don. All right, you guys, welcome back to uh, episode 165. I'm going to just share with you. I, I think it's the American way and the American right to share your opinion or to not share it. But just make sure that it's your opinion and not something that you're cutting and pasting or an article that may say ABC on it. There are articles right now online that say ABC News, and they're not from ABC. They're from other places. So I just really want to encourage you is you're thinking about your position. And my position is, as I just shared, the president's a racist. I think there's evidence to show that he is. And I have done my work. I've done my work. Nobody has done this work for me. You go to my Facebook page. I write things that are from my heart and my soul and my brain because I've done my work. Ron has done his work. We aren't sitting here reading bullet points from either side. We don't do that. It's hard to do your work. It's hard to do that. It is difficult to do that. And a lot of times what we do is we place our lives on autopilot and then we take other things. Here's a YouTube video. Here's 10 points that someone made. Here's a meme. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drop it in Don's inbox. I'm going to throw this on Ron's Facebook page. And I'm going to show him because I heard him say something on the podcast. I heard Don say that Donald Trump is a racist. But you know what? And then I heard him say the same thing about the Proud Boys. And then I heard him say on his Facebook page, he's not calling the Proud Boys the Proud Boys. but calling them the Lost Boys. And so on and on and on and on. And then you take something and you post it and you start throwing things. That's not having a position. That's not doing your work. That's taking someone else's work and putting it on your social media and getting on with your day and feeling like you spiked the football or got over on somebody. I don't want to get over on you. I want to have a conversation with you. I don't want everybody on my Facebook page or my social media channels or Don O'Neill 34 at Instagram. I don't want everyone to agree with me and Ron doesn't either. We just want to have a conversation with you. Uh, Ron and I don't agree on a lot of things and then I sit him down and correct him. So that's the way we do it on the Ron and Don show. All right. I'm going to read this to you. You said something earlier. Say it again. Cause I thought it was interesting. About what? About me. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I think that for you had a moment where you had to either your reality distortion field was crumbling and you either had to put your, you know, head in the sand and go, no, it's not, no, it's not, no, it's not. Or look in the mirror and go, wow, I've, I've held on to some things that maybe aren't, haven't been true for a long time. Yeah, that's right. That's the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. That's a lot of work right there. I'm just beginning that work. I have so much more work to do, you guys, and I have work to do until the day I die. I wrote something, and I put this up on my Facebook feed. Uh, it's just Donald Deal on Facebook. People wonder why they can't comment sometimes. It's because I'm only allowed to have 5,000 friends. So if you want to comment, uh, go to my Instagram feed. It's Don O'Neill 34 okay? Uh, like a lot of you, I have very mixed emotions. Uh, today, as I watched the President of the United States uh, board his helicopter, Marine One, and then he headed off to a Walter Reed. Uh, there he's going to be treated now, they say, for COVID-19, and they say they're doing this just out of abundance of caution. Uh, meantime, the First Lady, 
is uh, staying back at the White House. They say she has a cough right now, doesn't feel well, has a headache. His symptoms, we don't really know much more than that. This is what I hope. I hope he learns something. I used to look down on people who wrestled with addiction. I somehow saw people that had addiction because I looked at this through the lens of looking at my father. I saw them as losers. I saw them as deadbeats. And I saw them as drunks. And the reason I saw them that way is because that's the way I saw my dad. I was pissed. I was mad. I was angry. He left when I was a boy. And damn it. I carry that with me into adulthood because I didn't do my work. And then all of a sudden, and not all of a sudden, uh, things change for me. And it changes every damn day because you know what I found out? I found out that I'm one of those losers. I'm one of those deadbeats. I'm one of those drunks. I am one of those people that struggles with addiction every damn day. And I will for the rest of my life. So, Mr. President, tonight, I wish you health, but I also hope that you'll take some pause and you'll find perspective. And as you sit there and you may suffer, think about this horrible disease that over 209,000 Americans, almost a quarter of a million Americans have died from. People say they're going to die anyway. No, they weren't. Most of them, statistically, died 14 years too early. I hope you think about this as you lay in that hospital bed, as you lay there every damn day. This disease did not blow away. It didn't go away. You promise us that. Many people, many people were exposed because you chose to be reckless. You made fun of your opponent who was wearing a mask on the debate stage. I had to explain to my 10-year-old this week while my son has to wear a mask and why the President of the United States doesn't. And then former candidate at 74 years old, an African-American man by the name of Herman Kay, he founded Godfather's Pizza. He is now dead and in the box and no longer with us because he got COVID-19 and they believe it was from one of your rallies where he too didn't wear a mask. So this is what I say to you. Get better, Mr. President. And then go home to New York and then rest up for the rest of your life because the American people will take it from here. Your work is done. You are done. But I hope you live a very long life. Love to all and love to you, Mr. President. He's wrong. I'm done. Keep your head up, your shoulders back, keep your mask on, and we'll see you next time. On the Ramadan Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time on the Ramadan Radio Network. Oh, 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 oh,